Alrighty, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining. To all the replay listeners, thank you for your support. Thank you for making the decision to join tonight. That was author Perfector uh, by Discovery. Uh, and I found out about that song just by listening to a playlist. So uh, it's, I encourage you to <laughs> venture out and, and listen to other songs. Um, I normally give it five minutes before uh, I start to uh, do anything um, further in depth of uh, the meeting. It is nine minutes past the hour. Welcome to CGF Talks at Night, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern. You can text or call 971-320-4123 anytime, uh, or you can email at CGF000, the number three, at gmail.com. Uh, please bear with uh, our responses. Um, and we will get to you uh, first come, first serve, of course. Um, but God will get with you at all times. Um, our website is allonCG.org. You can go there and support us and leave a review if you like. <clears throat> uh, the first thing that I would like to do is uh, do a moment of prayer. Uh, let's see here. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace. The word that you left us, letting us know that you speak to us daily, letting us know that you gave us guidance and how much you love us. Um, to all the people that are listening, I ask that the seeds that are being planted, that you water them, open their eyes and open their ears to be able to discern yes or no, uh, go or stay, and so much more. Um, in order to be discerning, we have to accept you as our Lord and our Savior, and you uh, anoint us and fill us with your precious Holy Ghost. Father, we are out here and we want to hear from you and we need you to help us rightly divide the word of truth that you left behind 66 books um, of our brothers and sisters that sacrificed their lives as living sacrifices um, speaking to us. Lord, we can't thank you enough. 
I ask for your will to be done for those who will be joining in today, Lord, and those who won't be joining in uh, to every single person that replays this and listens to this. Uh, speak to their hearts, Lord. Let them know, confirm them, affirm them, Father God. Uh, to the believers who are falling off and to those who want to believe. Uh, and that makes us all the lost. So um, I thank you for being found so that I can be here today to uh, minister this word to someone and myself. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, amen. All righty guys, uh, the word of the day is coming from um, it's coming from first Corinthians uh, chapter 2 verse 14 and uh, it is but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolish unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So as far as breaking that down, that's pretty much a person who um, decides that they want to be a believer, they will be able to understand. Um, but those who do not believe that it will be hard for them and they will call it foolish. They will call it crazy, you know, uh, which is the famous, uh, <laughs> the famous um, state, statement that we all use. Um, um, it's, it's really, uh, a broad statement, you know, uh, but we have many, ways that we say it. So um, I'm going to go right into uh, the first song. The uh, introduction song, like I said, was um, author, pro uh, pro protector, um, perfector by Discovery. And the uh, second song is um, walk in shoes, and that is by Mally Music. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but uh, he's amazing. <laughs> Period. So, um, let's see here. Let me share the screen. I have the lyrics up for you so that you can be able to hear the song play. Got my walking shoes on. 
To my path, a lamp onto my feet. These shoes, these shoes, these shoes, my shoes. Walking shoes, walking shoes, walking towards promise, walking towards better land. Shit, I believe, I believe, but it's a dream that I ain't seen yet. Chasing a dream that I ain't dream yet, but I'm a Walking Shoes by Mountain Music, uh, a very 
deep song. Um, I, I really feel that he is definitely a poet. Um, he's been on a scene for, like, I think before 2003. I don't go mark that, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments if you uh, take the time to find out or if you already know. Um, I'm going to go right into the the next word, which is Isaiah chapter 26. Uh, that would be um, one through six. And uh, it is basically saying, it is a song of praise. So it says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and reports. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. That word uh, relates to a lot of what we're going through uh, today that a lot of people thought was over, thought was, you know, basically marched in protest out. Um, but it has always been alive. Um, but it is uh, basically now more than ever, um, the protests are, are popping up left and right um, for justice. And uh, I encourage each and every one of you to pray and uh, allow yourselves to lean and trust on God and not our own understanding because we do not understand what's going on. Um, but if we believe in God, what he says is going on is in the word and it is alive and breathing. So, um, if you can take the time to, you know, uh, read this word, um, it would be beneficial because uh, God will reveal the, his mysteries to those who desire discernment and who, who want to understand and know. So, um, alrighty, we're going to go right into our next song which is Bizzle, Wayne. 
the squad. We go in, do it for the car. If I go, then I'm going hard. Boy, you know me, hard for the mall. Fill up and get up and go. Fill up to pick up and roll. You gon' get this work, get lit up and hit up for show. Many y'all already know who the realest, but they say it's too religious. Drake drop guy playing, you were with it, now you looking too suspicious. I am blessed, never had luck, you a tad much superstitious. You ain't the man, bro, cause you pick a bag up, boy, what you doing with it? Stack up and you be cool and you get your handcuffs and you get through in prison. It's the last supper, you can have something, you can pass up and you can do the dishes. Homie, I ain't never change up, been the same since day one. When it came, in the game, ripping chain, the renegade, still the same ain't buzz. Then the winner game, same love, they play dumb and ain't say much. You tell me who the gang. Yeah. Daddy let me lose, they gotta move Bitch, you put the burner, baby, I got the juice They hating on my team, cause we the truth Won't he do it, and we the proof We gon' take them way, 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 way up We gon' take them way, 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 way up We gon' take them way, 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 way up We gon' take them way, 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 way up Yeah, first drop, they were like, bitch who are you, boy? Get your name up. Try to hold me down, but you know me now. Look at God, I done came up. They were looking for the sauce. I was cooking for the boss. Now I'm A1. Try to keep us out the game. We gon' make it so the game got to change up. Show love to the haters, ayy. Then tell them where it came from. One time for the maker, ayy. Same team, ain't trader. Christ gang, it don't bang, ayy. I stay in my lane, ayy. Metal tuck like an umbrella, but I pray it don't rain, ayy. Promise I don't want no smoke, but they ain't really what you want to. Cause everybody got their own folk that'll make a move if you want to. The problem is you probably think I'm afraid And in a way that's so true But I ain't afraid you'll smoke me, dog. I'm afraid I'll smoke you I ain't the only one with a family that I gotta make it home to I need you to make it home too They need you to make it home too Cats flex for the rap check to make Black Death look so cool We just here to make it old news, yeah Daddy let me lose They gotta move Bitch, you put the burner, baby I got the juice They hating on my team Cause we the truth won't he do it? And we the proof. We gon' take them way, 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 way up. We gon' take them way, 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 way up. We gon' take them way, 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 way up. We gon' take them way, 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 way up. Hey, full price, I put a whole price on my whole life. No cheapskate, blow light, but ain't no light. No ice, but I'm peacemaking. Pause grind, boy, I eat bacon. Fault line, so I keep quaking. And the way I make these bars connect, I'm an architect. No Freemason. We bad bones to them poodles. I need lots of steak on my pasta plate. I go swag on them noodles. We go rounds for that gold crown. We don't slow down. We accelerate. So keep palisading. I'm elevating. Even though we be hella hating. Stick your game up and quit bellying. Go hard and hit the casa. Bride. Yo, bubble up ain't a double up. Well, uh, you ain't no hustle. Huh. See, I'm in the game like a right guard. They can lock me up in the psych ward. And I still be screaming out, Christ, Lord. Scream me up on my mic cord. Really, it would be your honor to go. Cause the way that they be joking about your work. I'm thinking the church is a comedy show. Never been and I never fold. If they snatch me up or I'm dead and cold. The gospel of Yahshua is still the greatest story Daddy, ever told. Daddy, let me lose. They gotta move. Bitch, you put the burner, baby. I got the juice. They hating on my team. Cause we the truth. Won't he do it? And we the proof. And featuring a couple other artists. 
Um, and um, it's called Way Up. And you heard what they said. <laughs> Basically, we're not even we're not gonna be bothered by nothing. We're gonna choose God and we're gonna worship him and we're gonna do it from the level that we're on. And uh, I encourage you to uh, check it out on your own time. That's Bizzle Way Up. And I hope that um, you appreciated the lyrics. All right, so we're gonna go straight into this devotional, guys. Um, it is called Get Out of Your Head. And uh, it starts um, with a little um, small commentary, basically. Uh, every thought captive, really? We once thought of the mind as an immutable thing, the brain you were born with and the way it worked, or didn't. We're just how it was. No sense fretting over what can't be changed. We now know that the brain is constantly changing, whether or not we intend for it to. With this in mind and in hopes of discovering how we can break free from our spiraling thought patterns, I started studying the brain. I began to see a pattern at work in many of us. Our emotions were leading us to thoughts and those thoughts were dictating our decisions and our decisions were determining behaviors and then the behaviors were shaping our relationships, all of which would take us back to either healthy or unhealthy thoughts. And that is so fast. Round and round and round we go, spinning down, seemingly out of control, our lives becoming defined by this endless cycle, just depressing, okay? Unless, unless there is a way to interrupt it. What if instead of spending our energy trying to fix the symptoms, we went to the root of the problem? The reality is that our emotions are a byproduct of the way we think. What's good about this news is that we can change our thinking. The Apostle Paul understood the war that takes place in our thoughts, how our circumstances and imaginations can become weapons that undermine our faith and our hope. The Bible records his bold declaration that we are to take every thought captive to obey Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Take every thought captive? Is this even possible? Because honestly, my thoughts run wild a lot of the time, but my deep dive into the inner workings of the brain confirmed what the Bible says. We can take every thought captive. Not only can our thoughts be changed, but we can be the ones to change them. God, help me break the cycle of my out of control thoughts. I want your truths to invade every decision, every emotion, every thought I have. Amen. So before I read the word, um, if you heard any part of that, uh, I encourage you to rewind to all the replay listeners. 
Um, because it starts with our mind. It's a battlefield of the mind. Um, the word was left for us to be able to even interpret this, you know. Um, so I'll tell you who, who the author of this particular devotional is when we're done. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through, through 6. The world is unprincipled, okay? So I'll read her version, and this is, on the screen is the King James Version, but I'm going to read her version, which is the Message Bible. Uh, it's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our power, full God tools, for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Okay, so King James Version, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, as the message um, word bro broke it down, all these things that try to distract you from doing better distract you from making a, a good choice, distract you from uh, the truth. All these things can be stopped. You have to, one, have a desire for, to want it to stop, then connect to the power who will help you stop, and then fight to encourage someone else. And every day, apply it. To your life and it's work guys every day every single day all right it is 7 35 p.m 35 minutes past the hour and we're moving right along Alrighty, and we're gonna go um into um the next song and the next song is by um, Corinne Hawthorne, and it's called Joy. I know what else, out of all the things I'm searching for, you remain the same. 
And I really don't know why, but people switch up all the time. But you got that consistency, and that'll never change. Even when it gets rough, you are the have our own expressions and she chooses to use her talent of singing and I mean literally she's she's been doing it and I'm like really proud of her um she's she's coming our way <laughs> she really is alrighty guys so um I put it in the the comments um below um, the devotional was written by Jenny Allen, and it um, uh, is, a, is a powerful word called "get out of your get out of your own head." 
and um, man, <laughs> I got it off of um, version Bible app. So I encourage you guys, you know, to uh, download the app, uh, version Bible app. And they have thousands and thousands of down-to-earth plans that pretty much break down, you know, how we can apply the word to our lives and, and try to endure to the end, you know, do our best to be closer to God. So um, I, I encourage you, each and every one of you. Thank you, Replay listeners, for listening. You can text... Nine seven one three two zero four one two three. Uh, anytime that you need uh, someone to talk to or someone to pray with you, um, if if no one is available at that time, please continue to seek God, and I'm I'm positive that He will send the person that He uh, wants to uh, minister to your heart. Alrighty, so we're going to go um, into the next word, and the next is going to be coming from James uh, chapter 4, verse 7, okay? So it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, guys, so the Message Bible breaks it down, and it says, so let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil, and watch him scamper. Okay, plainly put, I'm going to keep going. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin, okay? Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. An analogy came to my head. So it's like this. You, you're on the job. You've been having a good time. And you like the job. There is a boss who works well with you. Your coworkers are flowing. Everything's good. But then something happens. And that boss is no longer going to be there. Now, we're a machine, so like we're we're team players and we work together and the machine's going great. And now someone else is coming in. First of all, we don't like that. That's number one. Two, the other person coming in, we have no idea who they are, but the very fact that they are not the other person, it causes us sometimes to allow a spirit to be over us. And basically it's rejection, okay? 
So we're like, okay, you know, <laughs> if we submit ourselves, therefore, to God's way, God's way is basically love one another. Okay, check them out. Test and try the spirit and see what's up. All right. So if it ends up being a bad spirit, then if we resist that bad spirit, which is of the devil, he will flee from you. Now, in that situation, fleeing from you could possibly be, it doesn't mess with you. That spirit won't come near you, messing with you but it'll go to your coworkers. It'll go somewhere else. Okay, through prayer, prayers of the righteous avail much. Prayer of those who choose a right thinking, a right life. God will hear their prayers. So if the whole team is praying, that spirit will be able to be rebuked out of that person or that spirit will leave the job. And it won't be able to set on you okay which comes from the other word okay which is a 360 deal that's how god's word works you know um <laughs> the amazing thing about this good great god is he's the final arbitrator it's going down we might as well go with it because it's good for us anyways Okay. All right. So <clears throat> it is 7:45 p.m. It's only supposed to be for one hour. Um, there's a few a few things that are left um, over. There's a word and the video clip that I'm going to be playing for you guys, and um, it might go over just a little bit tonight. Um, replay listeners, there's not a lot of people that have you know, decided to come tonight. So um, I hope that uh, you are um, able to, you know, speak to God and, and, and hear a few things. Because I know that sometimes when people are um, involved in, then sometimes we get a little distracted. Um, but, but it's okay. Um, because it'll be good distractions. So, um, but it's not going to always be this quiet. <laughs> and only hearing me. So, um, already I'm gonna um, leave the, um, the word for last and I am going to bring up the book called Hearing God uh, by Dallas Willard. And um, it is amazing, guys. I encourage you to get this book, okay? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to share it with you on the screen, but just for your own private, you know, um, time in, in learning, uh, I encourage you to get the book. Um, Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. So I am going to... Um, I didn't think about it before, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and start the book um, from the beginning in on, on Friday, um, if that's the will of the Lord, and then title it so that um, 
you'll be able to go back and listen. So when you do go back to the other recordings, when you listen, um, you'll see the titles uh, on there and then I'm gonna uh, title it uh, chapter one. Um, but where we left off last Friday, uh, last Monday, um, I'm gonna just go back just a little bit and uh, read that and, and go on into the second session section of chapter one, which is the ongoing conversation, okay? So I'm gonna go back here and read right, oh, I did it again. I'm learning this, um, this book online. Okay, it's nothing like having a book in your hand though, for real. So let's see here, all right. Experience taught me the remarkable difference between when it was just me talking or even just me quoting and discussing scripture and when a certain something more was taking place powerful <laughs> um these little italian words here that are a little bit bigger than the other words is just to emphasize what you know the author is trying to impress which is in the most primary of senses the word of god is simply god speaking okay through their writings, great Christians of the past, such as John Calvin and William Law, offered what we might call the ministry of Eli. To me, see 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. Um, they gave me further insight into what was happening in my experiences and why it was happening. They helped me to identify and respond to experiences of God speaking, just as Eli helped Samuel in the biblical story. They also assured me that the same spirit who delivered the scriptures to holy men of old speaks today in the hearts of those who gather around the written word to minister and to be ministered to. And they warned me that only if these hap this happened could I avoid being just another mo more or less clever letter learned scribe, trying to nourish the souls of my hearers out of the contents of my own brain, giving them only what I was able to work up through my own efforts from the Bible or elsewhere. Deep, that's very deep. It was not easy. However, for me to see that our most sacred experiences often blind us, the light that makes it possible for us to see may also dazzle our eyes to the clearest of realities and make it impossible for us to see what lies in a shadow. Caught up in my own experiences of the workings of God's voice, I did not really understand it at all. I only knew it was reality and I thoughtlessly aimed I mean, thoughtlessly assumed. Okay. Assumed 
it was functional, functioning, intelligible fact in every believer's life. Obviously, I had a lot to learn, and we do continually, guys. So far as along while I was unable to appreciate the huge problems that the idea of God speaking to us created for some of the most faithful adherents of the church, not to mention these entirely outside it, okay, those out, entirely out, outside it. When someone seemed to have difficulty with hearing God, I simply passed it off as a sign of weakness, of faith or even rebellion on their part. Yet I could not entirely avoid being aware that many faithful, devout Christians can make no sense of being guided by God, except perhaps as it comes in the form of outright necessities imposed by force of circumstance. I saw them driven to turn all guidance into blind force rigidly controlling guidance and to treat God's will as nothing but fate. And I was distressed at how often people identified some brutal events as God's will, even when it clearly came from a decision made by human beings. They then easily moved on to the faith-destroying, even blasphemous idea that everything that happens in this world is caused by God. Now, that is powerful because a lot of people, including myself, as far as learning about the rightly divided the word of truth, you've got to understand that God is the author and the finisher of our faith, okay? The enemy can't do anything without God's permission, okay? So it's not... God who is doing the, the, the action, he allowed the enemy to do it. Now, because he's the prince of the air, okay, and, and it's tough, I'm still learning it, it guys, I, I'm so serious, because it's like, no, God, you know, why are you allowing this to happen, you know, when you can clearly stop it? Um, that's a mystery that has not been revealed to me yet, but I trust God and I know that he knows best. And um, it's, it's, it's really hard um, because the enemy is saying that he's better than God and that there are people that will curse God because of the bad things that would happen to them in their lives, you know? Um, so I'm going to go right into um, the ongoing conversation. And God, I ask that you right now in the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I'm asking that you uh, clarify that for us and help us to understand that more. Uh, and you know the ones who really want to know and the ones who don't. So the ongoing conversation. Today, I continue to believe that people are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. I believe that this can be abundantly verified in experience when rightly understood. God's visits to Adam and Eve in the garden, Enoch's walks with God, and the face-to-face -face conversations between Moses and Jehovah are all commonly regarded as highly exceptional moments 
in the religious history of humankind. Aside from their obviously unique historical role, however, they are not meant to be exceptional at all. Rather, they are examples of the normal human life God intended for us. God's indwelling his people through personal presence and fellowship. Given our basic nature, we live, we really live only through God's regular speaking in our souls and thus by every word that comes from the mouth of God. People are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. During the time I spent writing this book, I made a special point of drawing others out in conversation concerning their experiences of hearing God. When they sensed the spirit of acceptance and understood the topic is to be dealt with seriously, then their stories began to flow. And as understanding and confidence grew, our cases came to mind that they saw to be or to obtain a word from God to the individual. Many night might be surprised to discover what a high percentage of serious Christians and even non-Christians can tell of specific experiences in which they are sure God spoke to them. Of course, talking to God is an almost universal practice. The words talking to God, an intimate look at the way we pray, cover the front of Newsweek's issue for, Jan for January 6, 1982. The main article was devoted to some psychological studies of the practice of prayer undertaken in the United States. This week, the article said, more of us will pray than will go to work or exercise or have sexual relations. 78% of all Americans pray at least once a week. More than half, more than half, 57% report praying at least once a day. Even among the 13% of Americans who are atheists or agnostics, nearly clear in five still, one in five still prays daily. As these studies also found, it is widely recognized that a major part of prayer is listening to God and letting God direct us. But those who experience a directing word from God rarely speak about it. Often they have never spoke of it at all, even to their closest friends. Wow. I can read that over and over again because it's so much to get out of that. It's so much. I mean, it's, it's, it's never ending. Um, and like I said, I encourage you to get the book, get the book, get the book, get the book. It's by Dallas Willard and it's called Hearing God, Developing a Converse, uh, uh, Developing a Conversation with God. Okay. And it's amazing. It really is. And, um. Oof, a person who is um, sitting here and, you know, um, during this meeting, um, you know, 
prayerful for those who um, are wanting to come in the meeting and those who are fighting to come into the meeting and those who do not want to come into the meeting. I just want you to experience what I'm experiencing. And that's this great, awesome creator who loves us and in all of our flaws in every con unconditional way possible you know so um that's my true desire is that someone else can experience this and even if it's only just one i did my job i fulfilled my purpose all righty we're gonna go straight over into the last word it is uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Oh, my goodness. Right on time. And um, it is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Okay. And it says, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay. I'm going to read the message. Sum me it all up, friends. I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do not do that, excuse me, do that. And God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmony. So if you think good, do good, it's gonna come to you. If you think bad, do bad, it's gonna come to you. Now, the thing about that doing good thing and not choosing to do bad thing is that no matter what, the bad's coming. And the thing about that, the bad's coming, the difference in between choosing God instead of the enemy is that God will get you through it. The enemy will kill you. His whole everything is for your destruction, your demise. It's for you to be annihilated. And even though he's trying to get you on his team, he doesn't care about you at all. It's just to kill you. And I know that's tough and rough for some people to hear, but it's facts and it's the truth. And once you realize it for yourself, because nobody can make you, once you realize it for yourself, your life will entirely be changed. Because once I figure that out, like, yo, like you want me to ignore this good great god who sometimes you know doesn't do what i want but does everything that i need to come over to your team 
and you don't even care about me. That to me is crazy. Alrighty, it is 8.04 p.m. I am gonna go straight into this um, uh, clip that I have for you guys. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm probably gonna stop at the 15 minute mark and then I'm going to share it in the um, comment section for you to be able to watch at your leisure, okay? All right. It is Dr. Darius Daniels. Um, he knows where we're going. That is the title. It's the last night of um, spiritual renewal and I'm incredibly excited about the privilege to play a part in it. And I was thinking, praying, reflecting on what I sense God might want to do tonight, what I hoped he would do. And for me, I believe times like these can be, if we'll lean in, they can be times of acceleration, spiritual acceleration. What do I mean by that? When we are dialed in, focused, undistracted, uninhibited, God can do more in a night than he could in months trying to sift through, fight for, vie for our focus and our attention. I believe tonight's going to be one of those nights for us. God's going to speed some things up. You believe he can do that? So Lord, tonight we stand in the beginning of another year filled with endless opportunities for us to participate in what you want to do in our life. We stand grateful. Grateful for your faithfulness, for your provision you provided, for your protection you've protected. And we thank you for that. We stand tonight asking in some sense for marching orders for this year. Speak to us, comfort us, Lead us, guide us, and do a hard work tonight that accelerates our lives spiritually. I pray that you would bless those that are watching online, for you are not constrained by space. And I pray that you would honor the press of the people who are here tonight as they have sacrificed as a reflection of their value for your presence. Honor that tonight. We're confident that you heard this prayer. You'll honor this petition. Thank you for this amazing church. Thank you for this stellar team. We thank you that our eyes haven't seen and our ears haven't heard. Our heart has not conceived what you have in store for this region through this church. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
You can be seated tonight. Um, so glad to be back home. Um, want to read a few verses from a passage that may be familiar to many of you. Uh, for those to whom it may not be as familiar, we're going to get familiar with it tonight. And that's the 23rd Psalm. I want to read a few verses from the New International Version, beginning at verse 1. And I'm ready to teach tonight if you're ready to receive. If you're ready, say yes. <laughs> Psalms 23, Psalm of David. He says in verse 1, the Lord's my shepherd. Because he's my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes, renews, restores my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to talk from this topic tonight. It's an it's a affirmation, it's a declaration that gives me comfort stepping into a new year, and it's a conviction that I hold and try to hold as tightly as I can based on God's demonstration of his faithfulness in the past. Here it is. Hopefully it'll help all of us in some way this year. He knows where I'm going. He knows where I'm going. Family, as we prepare to explore this passage tonight, I like to inform some and remind others of a principle that Dr. Henry Cloud profoundly captures in his book, Necessary Endings. He simply suggests that entrances into new seasons must be preceded by exits from old ones. He argues masterfully that endings are not always evil, but that endings are necessary. He suggests that you cannot say hello to some new things unless you are willing to say goodbye to some old ones. So the course and the quality of all of our life is going to be greatly impacted by, influenced by, determined by what you're willing to leave. And as we stand in the middle or in the beginning of a brand new year, I feel like that principle is pertinent for all of us because I believe most, if not many of us in this room, want to experience some new things in 2018. Can I hear an amen there? Yeah. Some of us would even go so far to say, I want to experience some new problems. Not that I want any problems at all, but if you're like me, you grow weary of the same reoccurring cycle of the same issue year after year after year. And I believe what Dr. Cloud is arguing is incredibly important. 
I think it is substantiated by scripture, and I think it's extremely pertinent for all of us who are believing for some new things in this new year. Am I making sense? And I think this is, this is important because I believe we all have a date with something we can't afford to stand up and we can't afford to miss. We have a date with God's intended end, his preferred future, his desired destination for us, a date with destiny. Jeremiah, well, God talks about it through Jeremiah when Jeremiah informs God's people that he knows the plans that he has for us, plans not to harm us, plans to prosper us, and to give us a hope and a future. I think what is key and critical when it comes to this is that God says to Jeremiah, I know the plans. He didn't say, you know the plans. He said, I know the plans, which suggests that there are some things God intentionally does not let us in on. Therefore, if we're going to get to his intended end, his desired destination, his preferred future for our lives, it means we've got to say goodbye to something that many of us would rather keep. You've got to say goodbye to control. <laughs> when David makes the declaration that the Lord is my shepherd, he is in essence saying to the audience of that particular psalm. He is saying to you and to me that I see God as more than a savior. I see God as a shepherd. I see him who does, I see God as one who does more than save my life. I see God as one who leads my life. I see God as more than one who cleans up my past. I see him as one who guides my future. I see him as one who does more than handle my mishaps and my mistakes. I see him as one who orders my steps. It's, an, it's, it's as if in his seasoned, mature state in life, he's come to a revelation that I need to give up something I'd rather keep. I've got to give up control. The Lord is my shepherd. Am I making sense? I said, am I making sense? See, see, giving up, giving up control is difficult, but when we really think about it, it's logical because control is an illusion. Even when we think we have it, we don't. We can control how careful we are when we drive, but we cannot control how careful other people are when they drive. We can control how we construct the bid, but we cannot control whether or not the bid is accepted. We can control whether or not we put the offer on 
on the property, we cannot control whether or not the offer is accepted. We can control how good our grades are, how pristine our application is, how well we interview, but we cannot control whether or not we get admitted or whether or not we receive the scholarship. We contribute, but we don't control. We influence, but we do not determine outcomes. Control is an illusion, and when we attempt to manipulate outcomes, what we end up doing is bearing the weight of something that we were never intended to bear. We're bearing God weight, because only God can control outcomes. Am I making sense? And when we bear God weight, we crumble under the pressure of weight we were never intended to carry. Only God has shoulders that are broad enough to handle weight, to control outcomes, to speak to wind and wind stops blowing, to speak to lightning and thunder and thunder stops roaring. Only God can handle God weight. And some stress, some strain, some feelings of being overwhelmed, feelings of being inundated with anxiety are often consequences of us trying to carry something God never intended for us to carry. That's God weight. <laughs> you can't control the future. That's that's God weight. You can have courageous conversations, but you cannot augment someone's behavior. That's God weight. You can frame the argument as lovingly and as tactfully as you can, but you cannot make them accept and acquiesce, acquiesce and agree with what you're saying. That's God weight. And when you carry God weight, you crumble under the pressure because you are never intended to control outcomes. We control our decisions. God controls outcomes. The Lord <laughs> is my shepherd. Am I making sense? And when we get that revelation, right, when we, when we see, when we, when we see God this way and practically engage in the process of actually living this way, we can experience what the author of this particular psalm experienced as he reveals to us the way that he sees God when he says the Lord is my shepherd. I think what's so amazing about the 23rd Psalm is not just who wrote it, David, not just what he says, but when he says it. This is interesting because this psalm is said to be written after David is a king. So he sits and reflects on his time shepherding his father's sheep and somehow puts pen to parchment and says, as I was to the sheep, so God is to me. The Lord is my shepherd. What I did for the sheep, God does for me. The way I protected the sheep, God has protected me. 
The way I led the sheep from where they were to where they needed to be. They didn't even know they were on their way to green pastures. And if they would have had their way, they would have veered from the path that I was leading them on. But, but, but just like I led the sheep to places that they didn't know they were going to, but they were glad when they got there, it, it's the same way David is saying God has led him. As I was to the sheep, so God is to me. The Lord, he says, is that right? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. When you see that capital L-O-R-D, the Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah, which is his covenant name. It's almost like a prefix. He says, Jehovah is my shepherd. Jehovah is my shepherd. It's his covenant name. Whatever comes after it is what he makes a covenant to be. <laughs> he says, I make an agree. Whatever comes after Jehovah, God is saying, I make a covenant that I will be that when you need me to be it. When Abraham, when Moses asked Pharaoh, okay, what, I'm asked God, okay, what name should I use to describe you? God just says, I am, right? Jehovah, I mean, you're going to need me to be so much, I can't even tell you all of that now. I'm just going to give you the first part. And then when you get to a situation where I have to reveal an aspect of my existence and my personality that you need, then you just fill in the blank with whatever you need me to be. So Abraham needed me to be Jehovah Jireh, and I, I was that for him. And Gideon needed me to be Jehovah Shalom, and I was that for him. Because whatever you need me to be, I'll covenant to be that. And David said, that's the one who's my shepherd. The Lord. Is, is, my, is my shepherd. It, it's, it's as if he looks at his life. He says, how in the world did I end up here? There is no logical explanation for where I am, except there's someone who has insight that I don't have, foresight that I don't have, acumen that I don't have, that got me from where I am to where I are, where I am, where I was to where I am. That no strategic plan could have got me here. No life plan could have got me here. No vision board could have got me here. He looks at where he was and where he is. He says, the Lord has been my shepherd. And, and if you're familiar with this story, then you understand exactly what we mean, right? Some people believe that David's narrative begins at 1 Samuel 16. I think it really precedes that. I think the context that David was called to kingship in is incredibly important. The, the Bible's clear there was a period in Israel's history where they were led by religious and civil leaders called judges. And Israel would look at other nations who were led by kings and would want to emulate what they saw in other nations because too much exposure isn't good because too much exposure can awaken in us an appetite for things that aren't for us. And so Israel starts wanting what's for them. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, but they're overexposed. And because they're overexposed, it awakens in them an appetite for something that they want, but they really don't need. So they keep asking and asking and asking, and what God does is he gives them what they ask for. Not because, listen to me, not because they needed it or it was right, 
But he did it because when God can't teach us through instruction, he has to teach us through experience. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All righty. Stay tuned for next week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, part two of Dr. Darius Daniels. He knows where I'm going. The sermon is titled that. Um, I encourage you to um, take the time to listen even though you talk to God, take the time to listen. Um, we can do all things through Christ. So I just want to take the time to pray right now. Heavenly Father God, let your will be done. All those replay listeners um, who are choosing to listen, help them to understand. Uh, all those who do not understand, help them to get the desire to want to get an understanding. Um, thank you, Lord, for a wonderful weekend and the first day of the week, uh, letting us know that we're here and that we can, if we can make it today, we can make it if you give us another day, even though it's, we're not promised. So, in Jesus' name I pray, thank God, amen. You can check out the website at allonfg.org. Take care, see you soon.